The scripture passage that we're looking at this morning is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 20, and I believe that's on about page 18, 29, or 30. Philippians 4, beginning at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Before we begin, let's just have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we again thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to be together. And Lord, may this, um, this word uh, truly shape our thanksgiving, not only for this day, but for each day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, should you 
or even can you truly give thanks when you don't really feel like giving thanks? I don't know if this happened to you at all, but I could imagine some of you thinking the last couple of days, well, I don't think that I can come to the Thanksgiving Day service because I'm going to be out in the fields getting the wheat or getting the potatoes or whatever crop you have. Only to wake up this morning with snow on the ground. Well, might as well go to church and give thanks because there's nothing else to do. (laughs) I don't know if, is that truly thanksgiving? Can you really give thanks if you really don't feel like giving thanks? If your situation is such that you feel you don't have much to be thankful for. Maybe you're facing a bankruptcy. Maybe you're facing a broken relationship. Maybe there's, there's a diagnosis that, that is, uh, uh, yeah, is, not, is not very good, doesn't look very good. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost a spouse. Maybe whatever you can imagine, all sorts of situations. And you focus on these things. And then, of course, you're really not very thankful. And so can you give thanks when you really don't feel like giving thanks? There's another uh, scenario in terms of whether we give thanks or not. I'm thinking of people who are not necessarily unthankful, but who are also not really thankful. Maybe I can give you an illustration. When I first um, met my, my wife, she was my girlfriend, of course, and she would invite me over, or I'd go over to her place for dinner, and I noticed that in her family, they were effusive in their, oh, mom, that was just a great meal. Thank you so very much for making that, that meal. Now, I mean, it was a good meal, but it was, it was just an ordinary meal, just, you know, <laughs> potatoes and, and stuff. And it really wasn't like that at our house. Well, there were eight of us kids there, and mom and dad, and, oh, do we have to have beets again? Do we have to have Brussels sprouts? How come I only get such a small piece of meat? And on Sundays, we always had the soup and buns. How come Brother Ari has six meatballs? I only have two. And so, anyway, that was kind of, yeah, the, the conversations. Now, were we unthankful? No, we weren't unthankful. Well, that was, yeah, that was the job of my mom, to make meals. And so, yeah, you really didn't express thanks. But when I think about that, then I think that in terms of my wife's family, there was a loveliness there. There was, there was a praiseworthiness there that, you know, that we're reading here also in Philippians chapter 4 that wasn't at my house. And so even though We weren't always expressing thankfulness. It is something we need to learn to do. Because, again, there was a joy. There was was a beauty there 
that wasn't here. So, if you want to have a beauty, if you want to experience a loveliness, you need to learn to be thankful. And so I am glad that there's a day on, 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 the, on, on the calendar year, Thanksgiving Day. This is where you learn, this is where we need to be thankful. Whether you, whether you feel like it or whether you don't always express it, you need to be thankful. But of course, it's not only for this day, but hopefully we learn something. And I think what we need to learn is not, first of all, that we feel thankful and then we express thanks or not. No, we express thanksgiving in every and all situations, as Paul is saying here. And as we do that, that shapes our life. That shapes our feelings. That shapes the way we relate to one another. And so that's why giving thanks in all circumstances is really so important. We read this morning from Philippians chapter 4. And there, um, there Paul begins with, with, in a sense, a command to rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. And then you might be thinking to yourself, well, Paul must have been in a very, very good mood when he was writing this passage. But really, he, well, I don't know what his mood was, was like, but, but in terms of his situation, he had a lot of reasons not to give thanks. As a matter of fact, he was in prison. Now, it, it, he wasn't in a dungeon or so, but, but his, 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 certainly his movement was restricted. And so he was in this situation, and yet, and yet he was calling people and, to rejoice. And so this rejoicing is not a happy, clappy type of, of rejoicing when things are all going well. No, it's something that, that's, that resides deep within him and deep within us. That we know that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are redeemed. That he suffered and died so that we might have life. And then, and then you may even, if you're in difficult situations, with prayer and petition, you're praying that God would, would make something good out of all of this. You know, um, thought I had marked it. But anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Just to, just to give you a bit of an example <clears throat> of the situation Paul was in. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I have received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. 
I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my own people, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. And then he goes on, I've labored and toiled and, and, and so far. That's, that's his situation. And compared to what he is going through, then a little bit of snow on the ground is no comparison. But here, I've learned the secret. So rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. And in, this, in, in, in all of his experiences, it is profoundly, profoundly moving to seek to understand that. And so <clears throat> these are ex- the experiences of Paul. But now, why is he writing this letter to the Philippians? Well, Epaphroditus, and we read about him later on there, um, the Philippian church sent Paul, sent to Paul, who was in prison, sent him a care package. And so he's writing a thank you note, like that's a very good practice when you receive something and to write a little note and thank you so very much. And, uh, and anyway, that's what Paul was doing. He was thanking thanking them for this care package. But you see, Paul had a little bit of a dilemma here. Because <clears throat> could it be that when he wrote, wrote, this, wrote this note, that he was kind of underlining, or undermining, in a sense, his faith by, in effect, saying, well, at least you people, you Philippians, you came through. God, I don't know, he really hasn't come through for me at all. I mean, I'm in prison, I've experienced all these problems, but at least you are supporting me. And so he doesn't want to, he doesn't even want to hint at that. And so he has that dilemma. On the one hand, he wants to be very, very expressive as a thanksgiving to the Philippians, but at the other hand, he doesn't want to let God down, so to speak. He doesn't want to say that, that God hasn't come through. And so he again says, I have learned to be content in every and all situations. And so that's important for us to understand also. You know, sometimes in Thanksgiving Day services, maybe you've done that here, certainly over the years, I've been part of that. Sometimes even we have a tree, or, or and then we, you know, you write down things that you have, you are thankful for. Um, so you're thankful for for your parents, you're thankful for schools, you're thankful for jobs, and and um, you're thankful for the healthcare system, and 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 you name it, and and it's good. We ought to name these things. Name your blessings one by one. And so it's, it's good to do that. But is it possible that in so doing, we are giving the impression that we have to have all of these good things in order to be thankful. And if we don't have these good things, then we, we have an excuse or we don't have to be thankful because these are the things that we're thankful for. And you see, that's what Paul is saying here. No, we need to be rejoicing. We need to be thankful in all situations with prayer and petition, asking God that he would be working in our lives. This is certainly something that I've had to, well, I've learned a lot about that in the last 
in the last few years, where you, <clears throat> yeah, you, you, um, you lose your spouse. And you can, be, you can be so focused on the loneliness. You can be so focused on, on others who are experiencing 30, 40, 50, 60 years of, of happy marriage. How, you know, are they better than I am? And, and how, come, how come I cannot experience that? And so you can, you can, you can become bitter. You can be un, angry. You can be, be very unthankful. But then when you get a passage like this, that in all situations, Lord, with prayer and petition, and so you are taught to be thankful, to be thankful for the years that the Lord has given you, to be thankful for, for the children that he has given to be thankful for, for, for the fact that I, I, I rely much more on him than I did before. And so in all of these ways, you become thankful. You don't focus on the loss, but you focus on the blessings that he has yet given. And that's not easy to do. It's something that you don't do naturally. At least it's not something that I do naturally. But it's something that we need to learn to do. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Yitzhak Perlman. He's one of the probably greatest violinists in the world. Now, whether this story is legend or, or some people swear it's true, you can, look at it on, you can look it up on Google, but Yitzhak Perlman was a, um, uh, it had polio, and, and so he's severely lame, and he walks with a cane and crutches and braces and stuff. But yeah, when, when he gets a violin, it's just ecstasy. It's just beautiful. Anyway, he was at a concert in New York, and so it takes him a while to get to the stage and get on his seat and take his braces off and take his crutches, and, and, and so it takes a while for him to get going. But anyway, he's, he got going, and it was shortly in the, in the piece that they were playing with the, with the symphony that all of a sudden there was a, like a pop, there was like a gunshot. One of the string breaks. And so, I'm not a violinist at all, but people say that it's impossible to play just with the three strings. So, you would expect, okay, the conductor stopped, and um, you would expect that he's got to get his braces on again, he's got to get his crutches, he's got to stumble and walk, walk to the back room and, and get this violin all tuned up again. And so, it would be a half hour, three quarters of an hour. So, but what he did, he nodded to the conductor and he said, just keep on going. And people could see that as he was, at, he was recomposing and he was just using the three strings and it was just an experience. And apparently when he was finished, there was kind of dead silence and all of a sudden there was just, everybody rose and, 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 and applauded for I don't know how long. After he was, afterwards he was asked, why, why didn't you just stop and, and put a, a new string on? And he said, sometimes a person needs to find the ability to make music with what is left. You know, that's something that, that, that really struck me. And it's something that I, yeah, I don't live up to it every day, but, 
But I, I try to remind myself because I think in effect that this is what, what Paul is saying here with prayer and petition. To be able to make music with that which you have left. We all experience broken strings in our lives. But then to find the ability, to find the grace, to find through prayer and petition, to, to find, to give that expression of thanksgiving. And so all, in all of these situations then, in, in times of need, in times of want, that, that, that you, we need to be thankful. But I want to also just also say uh, towards the conclusion here, that Paul also says, I have learned the secret of being content in want, but also in plenty. I think that's also important to keep in mind. Because what did, what did God say to the people of Israel, read Deuteronomy, as they are entering into the promised land? Remember the Lord your God. Remember that it was he who brought you into the land of flowing with milk and honey. And it is so easy for you to forget once you are experiencing the, the, the fruits of the land and, 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 and all of these wonderful gifts, it's so easy to forget the Lord your God. I've known many rich people who are arrogant and who, who kind of, you know, their chest out as, as if it, it all depends upon them. And there's a certain unloveliness about them. But I also know of many people who are very, very well off, but who are very humble, you know, it's nothing that I have done. It's, a, it's the blessing, it's the blessing of God. And so, with prayer and petition, I'm finding, we're finding ways in which we can be a blessing to others. And so, also, to be truly thankful in a situation of, of plenty is also we need to learn. It's also something that we do not come, it doesn't come to us naturally. And so whether in plenty or in want, may we truly, truly be thankful. And so that in that way, it's not depending on our feelings. It's not dependent upon our situation. We give thanks. No in all situations, we give thanks. And that shapes, hopefully, a beautiful, a noble, a praiseworthy life. It's not just simply thanksgiving for a day, but it is truly thanks living. Amen.